What's up, everyone? Hello. Welcome back to the Daily Drives. I'm your host, Jason Cremines. And as always, I'm grateful to be here today. Uh, I'm grateful for every day, as I hope you are, too. Thank you, to, uh, thank you for those who continue to listen, uh, and thank you for those who are listening for the first time. Uh, once again, this is The Daily Drives, a, uh, a podcast that is uh, kind of about a little bit of everything, a lot of business, uh, sales, that kind of thing, uh, but also uh, struggles, trials, tribulations, you know, those those awesome things that we have to deal with every single day of our lives. Uh, so, <laughs> man, what a beautiful day. It's Tuesday, and a uh, quick shout-out to my friend Angie uh, for reminding me that <laughs> that uh, it was time to put out a new podcast episode. She posted on my wall this morning, like, hey, have you not driven anywhere since Thursday? So, <laughs> in other words... She's been listening, and she's excited to hear the new episode, so Angie, thank you for that. Angie's a friend of mine. Uh, I did the math a few minutes ago. We've known each other now for 26 years, so 26 years we've known each other, maybe maybe even 27. I can't be 100% sure, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's 26. In fact, I believe that this summer would probably make 27. Um... That sounds about right. So, uh, <laughs> wow, long time, right? So, yeah, uh, Angie and I dated in junior high. That's that's how we kind of met at the city pool. And, um, you know, we dated, I don't know, six months or so. And, uh, you know, I guess it just didn't work out for lots of teenage reasons. <laughs> Probably more my own uh, than than her of course, uh, but anyway, uh, so thank you, Angie, for listening and for keeping me on track. So to today's episode, we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about the reason I'm looking for other employment. For those of you who have listened to the podcast, specifically the last episode entitled "Throwdown Thursday," uh, which was posted last Thursday, makes sense, right? Um, <laughs> so for those of you who have listened to that, you already know that I'm looking for another job. I work for Terminex. Um, Terminex, or, or my employment, if you will, is merely a stepping stone for me to get from one place to another, a means to an end, a way to pay the bills uh, while I'm working on my businesses on the side. So, um, but uh, we're going to talk about why I want to leave, and today's podcast is entitled Shitty Managers. So, that in a nutshell is why I'm looking for other employment, and in fact, that's why most people look for another job. It's not because of the job itself most of the time. Um, usually the conditions in which we work, we find uh, ourselves to be able to easily adapt to after some time. And uh, whatever shitty job we have doesn't seem so shitty when you get paid on Friday and, and it, it's worth it, right? Well, as I've mentioned in the past, I do love what I do. I enjoy my job, the aspects of my job, um, pretty much every aspect of my job I enjoy. However, when I don't get support that I need from the sales management staff, the management team, if you will, 
Uh, it makes my job more difficult, and it makes it more difficult for me to make a living because they pay me $20,000 a year in salary to drive around in their car and run their shitty leads, right? Twenty grand a year. Now, if you're sitting there doing the math, don't waste your time. It's less than minimum wage if you're working 40 hours plus, right, like I am. So it's not very much money to survive on, but they do that because they want to hold on to the first $20,000 in revenue that you create in the month, which is fine. It's a fair trade-off. It's about 8%, um, about 8% of the first 20000 I get paid 8% of that first twenty grand, basically. Uh, and then after that, it goes to 16%, up to thirty grand, then 18%, then 22, then 24. So the higher your revenue for the month, the higher your commission rate goes. So it's a really good way to make money without being a superstar salesperson, um, as long as you're given, as long as you get, uh, you know, a proper amount of inbound leads sprinkled in with the leads that you create yourself or you know you generate yourself. Uh, through customer referrals, through um, marketing, through advertising, through knocking on people's doors and, and meeting up with neighbors and things like that. So there's ways to expand on your customer base on your own, which is what you're expected to do when you're in sales. It's not just about the leads that walk through the door. It's about generating additional business too. And, and that's in the job description. So I'm expected to do that and I expect to do that and I'm very good at doing that. Um, the problem is not, once again, the job. The problem is the management staff. They have um, unfairly distributed the leads since I've been here over the past month. I've literally been here for a month, and uh, today's the 1st of May. And um, I've actually been out running leads for about three weeks. And of those three weeks, there was two days where I actually had a decent amount of leads to run, uh, a decent amount of appointments to run, and um, actual opportunities for sales. So sometimes you have to create the sale, uh, which means that somebody has no idea that they have a problem until you point it out to them, and then that's when the closing skills come into play because they're already they're expecting you to come out, take a look at their house, tell you that tell them that nothing's wrong, everything looks good, and you're going on about your day. Uh, but when you stop and say, oh, hey, look, you have subterranean termite damage right here. Now it's a completely different conversation. It's an opportunity for a sale, and uh, it's time to whip out the presentation and closing skills, right? So it's not an easy sale, but there's, you know, an opportunity there. And that's all I ask for are opportunities, legitimate opportunities. So unfortunately, the leads that I've been running have been leads that there are no opportunities to create sales because they already have protection for termites or, and or pests so I can't sell them something that they already have uh, and furthermore if they're already being protected if I find any damage or any any problems then then they're already covered there's nothing once again for me to sell there it's just a, a matter of setting up a service appointment at that point which again is a good thing when it comes to managing your customer base you want the customer to feel like they're important that their house is important to you um, so even when you have that lead where you're going out, there's nothing that you can really do except inspect and give the customer peace of mind. Sometimes that peace of mind turns into a referral or it turns into, hey, my neighbor has a problem, let's go talk to him or her or whatever. 
Uh, so there's opportunity there, but a lot less. So, once again, all I ask of my company is to provide me with a fair chance to be successful. So far, they've proven that they do not give a shit about that. They don't care. If I have a schedule filled with leads that have been blown off in the past, that are pissed off customers and everything, they put them on me because they know that I'll go out there and smooth talk to customer and, and make everything okay and make them a happy Terminex customer, even though I don't have an opportunity to sell anything. And that's fine uh, unless I'm doing that all day, every day, which has been the case here in Florida as of the, the past three weeks. So, Jason, quit your bitching. What's really going on? Right? I ask for things like access to our CRM tool or our customer relationship management tool for those of you who are unfamiliar with the term CRM. And basically what that is is a customer database that I could call on all the customers that are in my territory, my set aside set of zip codes that I work from, uh, from which I work, I'm sorry. And um, I can call these customers that already have, say, pest control, but maybe not termite control, and set up an appointment to go out and inspect their home for termite activity. And in that case, that can create oftentimes an opportunity for a sale because if they're not protected by termites, it's only a matter of time before they, they have that problem actually arise, uh, especially in Florida. There's two different kinds of termites to deal with down here, so we have uh, a lot of termite activity. Just a matter of time. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. When the house is attacked by termites, if it's covered, then we're going to be able to take care of A, the termites themselves, and B, whatever damage they have caused. And that's, that's the best guarantee in the business. Nobody has a guarantee or a promise like that. So it tends to be uh, a fairly easy sale, though it is kind of expensive sometimes. So that tends to be about the only objection. And uh, oftentimes they want to get a couple of other estimates, which I always invite them to do. And I always know that I have a good chance, even if they're looking at a couple of mom-and-pop type uh, pest control companies for their termite control, the guarantees that Terminex provide, again, are the best in the business. So even though I might be a little bit more expensive than the uh, you know, chuck in a truck, uh, I... I am also going to give them better guarantees than that guy too. So, and I can back it up with, you know, 90 years in business and being in like 30, 35 different countries. I mean, it's a pretty big company. So obviously they can pay out millions of dollars in damage claims and it's not going to kill them. So um, I feel pretty confident when I have things like that to do. So the CRM tool allows me to set up my own creative leads without having to worry about creative leads that are set up by someone else who maybe doesn't do as good a job at pre-qualifying that customer as I would. For example, when I make the calls to the customer database, I'm calling people that might have an opportunity for uh, an additional service line or an additional product that we offer. I'm not calling people who already have everything that we offer. I don't want to do that inspection unless of course, the customer really needs me to for their peace of mind. I'll do it, but I would much rather take myself to an opportunity where there's a sale because the commission is how I get paid. Even though I have that tiny little salary, yeah, that keeps the car payment paid, 
um, and, and maybe keep some groceries in the house, but that's about it, right? I got, I'm a family of four with two dogs. It's not happening. <laughs> you know, two grand a month is not, 1600 bucks a month is not going to cut it. So I have to make commission in order to be able to pay all the bills, afford rent, and things like that. And for those of you who know, um, we are still in the process of finding a place of our own. Uh, so money helps out a lot with that search. It just, it really does. So, um, without the management staff caring as much about my paycheck as I do, it seems that I'm just kind of out here on my own, doing my own thing, trying to figure things out. And once again, that would be fine, but I need access to the tools. I finally got that access today after asking for it for three weeks. I finally got the access that I needed today. So I can finally start filling up my own schedule. Um, that's a good thing because that allows me to, you know, hone in and move myself in the direction of commissionable dollars, which is what I need at least until I find something else. <laughs> Somebody calls me and offers me 40K, uh, you know, to, to manage a sales team or something like that, plus bonuses, I'm probably going to jump on something like that. But it just depends on, on what happens because at the end of the day, I'm not the corporate guy that uh, the corporate world wants me to be. I'm, I'm more of a, you know, do-it-myself kind of guy. So... I want to get to that point regardless. No matter what company I choose to work for, I want to work there until I'm in the position that I need to be to make that jump from 9 to 5 to whatever I want, you know, which is probably more like 24-7. But, but still, um, that's what I want in my life. I, I want to run my own business. I don't, I don't want to work for somebody else. Now, this podcast, this particular episode is going to talk mostly about why people leave their jobs. So you know why I'm leaving my job, and it really boils down to poor management. So what is a manager? Well, a manager is someone who is in charge of a team or an area or um, a territory or, you know, things like that. So someone who's in charge of an operations, a, a certain level of operations. For example, a sales manager is going to be in charge of the sales team, making sure that they're trained properly, making sure that they have all of the tools that they need to succeed in sales, making sure that they know how to use all of those tools, how to utilize all of those tools to the best of their abilities and to the best and to better their advantages and, and to uh, just make better overall communications with customers uh, and things like that. So anybody, theoretically, anybody could be a manager. Anybody. You could be a manager. Um, I have been a manager dozens of times, so I know what it takes to be a manager. Now, as a manager, you're expected to be a bit of a leader as well. Unfortunately, a lot of people in management positions don't have the leadership characteristics, uh, the, le the leadership um, characteristics that 
allow them to really take control of a situation, of a team, of a territory, of a store, of whatever it is that they're managing. Because some managers believe that they are leaders because they're a manager. And the truth is, you can be a leader without being a manager. Plus, oftentimes, managers, even though they're, they're in a lead role, are not leaders. Oftentimes. I mean, more often than not, in fact. So they believe that their job is to bark orders and to get things done and that the, the bottom line at the end of the day is the most important thing. Well, once again, these are common mistakes when it comes to being a manager, especially when you've got a kid that's 23 years old, barely is able to manage his own life, let alone a sales team, and he's your sales manager. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you have to be a certain age in order to be a sales manager because that's not the case. You could be a natural-born leader and just have all of the characteristics of, of a great manager, and you could get into a management position, and you could really succeed, and you can really drive your team to you know, having a, a winning attitude and uh, create a very productive team. Or you can fall flat on your face, even though you possess those characteristics, those capabilities, and those skills to be able to, to rally the troops. You can still fall flat on your face because you don't know everything that you need to know in order to be able to manage a group of people. Specifically, you may not have the experience. Let me give you a really good example. My branch manager from Columbus, the South Columbus branch at Terminex, um, He's 22 or 23 years old, branch manager, graduated from uh, Auburn, University of Auburn. One of the guys in that, that just kind of, kind of too smart for his own good, if you will, right? Super smart guy. Give him a set of data. He can analyze the shit out of it, tell you anything that you need to know from it. Um, he can put together a spreadsheet in Excel better than anybody I know, and the guy is really good at understanding numbers and what those numbers mean and how to manipulate those numbers. Really, really good at that. Very smart individual. Terrible leader. Terrible manager. Right? And here's why I say this. As I mentioned, he graduated from the University of Auburn. He feels like he's very smart. He knows a lot. He has a lot of knowledge about Terminex, the products, the services, and the history, and, and who does what in Terminex, uh, you know, who uh, the president is of each division, and, and all of those kinds of things, right? He is a vested Terminex employee, a company man, if you will, right? Well... When I, uh, when I transferred from an hourly employee, a trainee, to sales, uh, he made some errors in that transfer that caused my paycheck to not be deposited. Not once, not twice, but three times. For three weeks, I had no paycheck, and I was expecting those paychecks. Caused me to get an eviction filed against me from my apartment, which was uh, dismissed but may as well have been an eviction anyway when it, goes, when it comes to trying to rent another place because they see the eviction filing and they think that you are a dirtbag. So that's what they think. They think I'm a dirtbag. Um, 
but I'm not. <laughs> I promise, I'm not a dirtbag. Um, <laughs> so, my point to that is, all he had to do was pick up the phone and call somebody that would have a better idea of how to make sure that paycheck was deposited in a timely manner because it was his screw-up to begin with and instead he sends an email allegedly to the person in charge of the payroll and he continued to tell me every time I would ask him about it yeah we're, we're talking back and forth we're, they told me that you had to wait till the 15th which was two weeks later um, and I, I told him that's not going to be acceptable. Uh, one week after the first paycheck was not deposited, the second paycheck uh, was also not deposited. I went ahead and dropped on his desk at that time the eviction notice that was served to me on my door, the three-day notice to get the hell out or pay up, right? And I said, I just want to make you aware of the seriousness of this situation when it comes to my paycheck. I'm literally about to get evicted. I need my paycheck in the next three days or there's going to be a serious problem. So he said he was going to work on it. I'm going to do everything that I can. If I have to, I will go ahead and throw some cash out of my own checking account to your pocket so that you can pay your rent up so that you're not going to get evicted. Another week passed by, another paycheck not deposited, and I had a date to appear in court. He says, I'll tell you what, man, here's 500 bucks. Hope that helps. Um, well, my paycheck's nearly two grand at this point, so yeah, that doesn't really help. My rent's 1135 so the 500 bucks that you're offering me, while helpful when it comes to grabbing some groceries and things that we desperately need is not going to pay my rent. So I'll take this and I'll pay you back the 500 in a couple of days when I get my 15th paycheck. But once again, that's not going to stop the eviction filing. So I got my paycheck on the 15th. It was the three weeks I was owed plus my salary. So it was a pretty sizable amount more than enough to cover my rent and some other bills and whatnot. So we go to court, and at court they said, yeah, we're not interested in renting that unit to you anymore. We've rented it to somebody else. We just want you to get out. And if you get out and leave the place in floor swept condition, we will go ahead and dismiss the eviction altogether. We wanted out of the place anyway because it was a shithole, so we're like, all right, fine, let's do it not knowing that this was going to cause us a major problem down the road. And, and it wouldn't have mattered anyway because they wanted us gone. They wanted us gone because we were bitching about the mold in the apartment. We were calling uh, the city code enforcement who had already done one inspection and wanted to come back to bring testing equipment so they could test the mold and, and to test the level of toxicity. They knew this was coming, so they wanted us to get out. <laughs> they didn't want to have to face that. That's really what happened. So... That's why they were like, no, peace out, keep your money. We're not interested. If I was the sales manager, Jake, I would have picked up the phone. I would have called my regional manager. I would have called his boss. And then I would have called that guy's boss until I got to somebody that could cut my employee a check for what was due him 
because I know how important it is to get the rent paid. I know that people can't wait three weeks with no paycheck when they have a family. But this guy, this guy doesn't care. Or he cares, he just didn't know what to do about it. And because he feels like he's so smart, he doesn't want to reach out to other people for help. He doesn't want to say, dude, I don't get this. I don't know how to do this. I screwed something up. Can you help me? He won't do that. He refused to do that. And it caused us to be in the situation that we're in now. Right? So, poor management. Uh, Same manager, different example. Uh, We had a guy there, a guy just like me, an OSP inspector, and his mother had been battling with, uh, had been battling cancer for years. He was constantly, and when I say constantly, I mean at least a couple times a week having to leave work in the middle of the day, the beginning of the day, the end of the day, um, to go deal with his mother. Maybe she was rushed to the hospital. Maybe they thought she was, you know, about to die. I mean, just, she was literally on the cliff the last, you know, six or seven months. She finally passed away. May she rest in peace. And um, that was after uh, six or seven months of, you know, uh, this guy not being able to put 100% effort into work. Now, the manager was very lenient with his schedule, and rightfully so. I mean, the guy's mom is dying, you know. I mean, what do you do? Tell him, hey, you're freaking fired because your mom's dying? No, you know, she, when she passed away, um, this employee sent or called the manager and said, hey, man, my, my mom passed away. I'm going to need a few days. He said, all I can give you is two days. Literally, word for word, exactly what he said to him on the phone, all I can give you is two days. (laughs) Okay. So let's stop right here just for a second. First of all, let's start with the beginning mistake. The beginning mistake was allowing the employee to continue to work there when he was literally there less than 50% of the time. He didn't reach that $20,000 threshold uh, one single time in that six or seven month period because of being in and out of work so much. So realistically, in that amount of time, he should have been fired for lack of productivity. But the salesman or the, uh, the the branch manager, you know, trying to be sensitive to the fact that his mom was dying, went ahead and let, let him just to continue to work there. That's the first mistake. All right, what do you mean, Jason? You're saying they, they should have fired the guy because he couldn't be at work all the time? No, no. What I'm saying is you can't be extremely lenient when this whole thing is going on and then be an asshole and try to be a hard ass when his mom passes away and tell him you only need to give him a few days. Okay? If that is, if that's how you're going to treat the situation, then that's how you have to treat it from day one. Right? You can't 
you can't go back once you've started. So what I mean by that is the smart thing for that branch manager to have done to begin with, after a month or so of this employee showing that he can constantly not be at work on time, I would have taken the guy aside and I would have said to him, look, man, you've obviously got a lot going on with your mom and everything right now. And I understand that and I feel bad that you have to deal with this. But at the end of the day, I have a business to run here and I need productivity from all of my OSPs. I need you to get over that $20,000 mark. If you can do that only being here 40% of the time, then by all means, let's continue doing what we're doing and I'll do my best to work your schedule out the best I can for you and get you coverage if you need it. But if you can't, which he obviously couldn't, then why don't we go ahead and part ways for now? I'll keep you on the payroll until you find something else part-time to get you through. When things change, come back and I'll rehire you. But right now, I'm paying you 20 at the time, $24,000 a year to only be here 40% of the time. I can't do that. I understand that your mom is ill and I want you to be there for your mom, but I don't want to lose business-wise at the same time because at the end of the day, my responsibility is to my employer to make sure that I'm managing the team to the best of my ability and, and making the team profitable. So when I have somebody who's not being a contributing member of the team, I need to find a way to move them somewhere else or to, to relieve them of their duties. So that's what I would have done. A couple of months in, I would have said, dude, I hate this. This sucks. I want you on my team. I want to keep you. But without you being able to commit to work with me, I'm going to have to do something different for now. So I would have offered him the opportunity to be laid off, I guess, if you will, at that point, only so he could be rehired down the road when things changed. At least at that point, I have the room in my staff to put another uh, another OSP in that seat so that they can be out there trying to make money um, and and creating a revenue for the sales team. And I have another guy who I know is good, I know is going to be good, and when things get better for him, hopefully he'll understand why he was let go and come back and try to come to work for me. And I will help that guy kick ass because that's what... That's what I do, you know? So, um, instead, this branch manager just allowed him to manipulate his own schedule, call off anytime he needed to, stop working in the middle of the day anytime he needed to, uh, to go deal with his, with his mom and the things that were going on there. And then, when his mom died, he tried to act like some kind of hard-ass, like, you know, oh, okay, uh, I'm only going to give you this much time, or, you know, uh, that's just wrong. That's just wrong. At that point, you know, only thing that you can do at that point is be like, hey, is there anything that you need from us 
Is there anything that I can do to help you? Um, you know, let me fill out some paperwork for you and get you uh, hooked up with um, FMLA or whatever. You know, whatever needs to happen at that point so that the employee continues to get paid um, while he's having this, this downtime, this difficult time dealing with the loss of his mother. That's the way you're supposed to handle that. But this kid is so young that he hasn't had an experience like this before. So in his defense, he's never been up against this kind of thing, you know? So this, this is hopefully a lesson. And I even told him this. I'm like, hopefully this is a lesson for you. Hopefully he realizes that you've got to make decisions that are sometimes uncomfortable to have to make, decisions that you don't want to make as a manager. You have to make those calls sometimes, no matter how painful they are. That's your job. You have to understand where people are and how to, to better their situation and your situation and the situation of the company for which you work because that's, that's what your, your job is. That's that's your ethical responsibility to the company. That's what you said you were going to do, and that's what you're getting paid to do, so that's what you should do. I think that that was done very, very poorly. It was managed poorly. Also, uh, this manager's job was to act as a sales manager, too. So if I'm out in the field and I have a question about a sale, about a potential sale, about a product or a service, and I need clarification on something or I need a price adjustment, my job will be to call them that's that, that branch manager, and, you know, get some information from him, get some discounts from him, get a third-party close, get whatever it is that I need, right? Nine times out of ten, he didn't answer the phone. Seven times out of ten, when he didn't answer the phone, he didn't even call back. So 70% of the time, 90% of the time, he was completely unreachable. Why? I don't know. Conference call, um, customer on the phone, uh, a tech to worry about, you know. <coughs> he has two service managers who could take care of things like the backlog and, and, you know, service appointments and things like that. Yet, instead of talking to his sales folks, you know, his sales team in the morning, he would rather go take care of a backlog problem or take care of a, a customer problem or something like that instead of investing time in his sales team instead of updating the board in the sales room so that every single individual on the sales team knows where they are financially for the month. Never did that. I mean, I saw that board completed one time, and that was only because his boss was coming in for the week. That's it. So the only time that he would ever do the extra things that he was supposed to do for the sales team was when his boss was going to be coming in, and he wanted his boss to see that those things were being done smoke and mirrors, man. All smoke and mirrors. They would complete jobs that weren't actually completed just so they could get the revenue for the day to make it look like the service team was doing work. Even though they were working. It's a long story. So, that's another example of how to poorly manage a situation. Not being able to have those uncomfortable discussions when they need to happen. Right? Nobody wants to fire somebody. All right? If you love firing people, you're either Donald Trump or you're getting paid for it on TV or you're an asshole. Because I've fired people before, and even though they were people I just did not care for, I did not enjoy pulling that trigger. It was not a fun conversation. It's never been 
a conversation that you enjoy having or you look forward to ever, at least not for me. Every time I've been in a situation where I've had to fire people, I, I, I just dread going to work that day. You know, my whole day is just, uh, it's ruined, <laughs> you know. I want to I fire them in the beginning of the day, get all the animosity out of the way, go hit the gym, and then come back to work because that's the only way I'm hitting the reset button, right? That's, that's me. You find another way, I don't care, but that's me. That's how I do it. So, poorly managed situations. Um, inability to have... Um, the difficult situations, the difficult discussions when they need to happen. That's a, another poor leadership quality. As a leader, you have to be able to be honest with people and tell them what the problem actually is. You know, so many times I hear a manager standing in the front of the room, and, and, and my company is notorious for this marathon meeting. You know, every Tuesday in Columbus they had a meeting that started at 7.45, we'd be lucky if it ended by 10 o'clock. You know, over two hours of sitting there and just listening to a couple of people talk. And during these meetings, there are all, these, all this information that's thrown around out there. Most of the time, it's a repeat of something we already know for no reason. Sometimes, it's just people up there talking to hear themselves talk. In fact, more often than not, I find that a two-hour meeting could be summed up into three points within 15 minutes and done. But instead, they want to elaborate on everything, ask questions, talk and talk and talk, and just, just literally have a meeting for the sake of having a meeting. Just because it's what the corporate says you should be doing. Every Tuesday, you have a morning meeting with the entire branch. Every Tuesday, you bring in donuts from, from Tim Hortons if you're in, in Ohio or from Dunkin's if you're in Florida, which are, by, are better anyway, by the way. Love Dunkin' Donuts. Anyway, so it's, it's what Andy Frisella calls playing business. You know, uh, We're going to have a meeting today just for the sake of having a freaking meeting. We're going we're gonna to talk about a couple of points today, but we're going to drag them on so far that you forget what the point is by the time you leave. Studies have been done about this. Look it up on your own. I'm not going to tell you. Look it up on your own. The studies that have been done about two-hour meetings. More productivity is created from a 15-minute meeting than any two-hour meeting ever in the history of mankind. A 15-minute meeting is, hey, I've got these three points. I'm going to spend five minutes on each of them. Here's this one. This is why I'm telling you about it. This is what needs to happen. Point number two, here's what needs to happen. Point number three, this is why we're doing it. Here's what needs to happen. Go get it done. Everybody have a great day. Any questions, take care. Peace out. Kick ass. See ya, right? That is an effective, efficient meeting. That's leadership right there. Here are three things that we're not doing right. Here's how we can improve on that. Now let's go get it done. That's it. There's your meeting. Not not at Terminex, guys. You got you got two hours of just sitting around listening to BS. And half the time here in, the, in, in Florida, the meetings are on Thursdays, and half the time I, I'm just sitting in the back room and there's four or five or six different people talking amongst themselves back there. So when, when the sales manager or the, or the uh, uh, branch manager or the service manager are up there talking, I can't hear what they say anyway. 
I'm damn near a 40-year-old musician. I've been playing music for so long and standing on stages with blaring music and no earphone, no uh, earplugs for so long that <laughs> my hearing's not so great anymore. I don't want to sound like an old man, but I started my life with hearing problems, and I'll end my life with hearing problems. And now that I'm in, like, you know, <laughs> the second, hopefully the second third of my life, um, I'm, I'm seeing that that is more of a problem than it's been in the past. When there's some background noise and someone's trying to talk, I can't hear both. It's just impossible for me. It just sounds like mud. <laughs> so I lose all interest, and I'm sure that they're wondering why I'm sitting there playing on my phone through the entire freaking meeting sometimes. But if they ever ask me, which I hope they do, I'll just simply tell them, I can't hear a word you're saying because these two jackasses back here won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> truth. Absolute truth. So, bad management. Um, the inability to have uncomfortable conversations with people when they're necessary, the um, inability to support the team that you're supposed to support, the inability to lead a team with passion, with fire. Um, we'll get a little bit more into leading a team here in just a few minutes, but the next point that I want to bring up is probably... Um, probably one of the most important things when it comes to management, and that is understanding, A, your role as a manager, who you are in charge of, and what is expected of you when it comes to uh, those responsibilities, and your resources as a manager when there's something that you don't know how to get done. Those are things that you have to know. In order to be an effective manager, all right? So if you don't know where to go to get the information that you don't know, then you're already not going to be an effective manager. And that probably is a direct result of poor management above you. So if it starts out poorly at the very, very top, it's going to end up poorly at the very, very bottom. Even if you have a couple of good leaders in between, that's not going to matter. It's not going to trickle down. It doesn't work that way. Each individual manager in each individual position have to know their team, what motivates and what drives their team. Not everybody's driven by money. A lot of people are, but not everybody is motivated by uh, bonuses, by extra money, you know, things like that. Some people are only motivated by prizes. Some people are only motivated by winning, being first, you know. So you have to know what motivates each individual on your team in order to be able to effectively communicate with them in a way that gets them on the same page with you and gets them to believe in the goals that you have for them, which are really the goals that you have for the company. So you have to know where to go. You have to have the resources to be able to properly manage your team, to be able to properly train your team, properly coach your team. If you don't have access to those resources, then your management, ta your management team is probably shitty too. Communication is very important. From the top all the way to the bottom. Um, one of the things that 
the branch manager in Columbus was notorious for is he would use his boss as a way to get people motivated. And what, what do I mean by that? I mean it's third-party managing. So what he'll do is he'll say his boss's name is Eric. He's a regional manager, so he has several branches under him. And he would say, Eric wants us to do this. Instead of just saying, hey, we need to do this because it's going to do this for us and it's going to help you to make money this way or it's going to benefit you in this way. He would say, my boss told me that we need to do this, so this is what we're going to do because that's what my boss said we should do. Right? It makes me feel like he doesn't even believe in what his boss is saying. Well, this is what my boss wants us to do, so we're going to do that. doesn't matter what I want. I'm the branch manager. My boss told us that we're going to do this, so this is what we're going to do. That's called third-party managing, folks, and it's very, very, very common. People lead by, uh, or manage by, you know, using their boss as the excuse. The owners want us to do this. The CEO wants us to do this. The manager wants us to do this. That's not the way of leading. That's passing the buck, which is also very common in this company, right? That's not my job. Somebody else is supposed to take care of that. No, I don't do that. That's this guy over here. Well, yeah, I do that, but I can't do that until so-and-so does his part, right? That's passing the buck. People do it all the time. A leader doesn't, a leader doesn't allow the buck to get passed. It stops at the leader. He says, wait, time out. What needs to happen? Who's in charge of it? Now I'm going to go get it done because that's what a leader does. And once again, you can be a leader without being a manager. And you can be a manager without being a leader. And that's more common than you, would, than you could possibly imagine. All right. So what is the difference between someone who is a manager and someone who is a leader. Really good example here. So I'm going to stop just for a minute. Uh, apparently, the maximum segment time is now 60 minutes. So uh, we're at 46 and a half now. I'm going to go ahead and stop for a minute, and hopefully this doesn't delete because I put a lot of information in here. Uh, I'm going to add to that, bring you a couple more points, and as soon as I'm done um, with what I'm doing now, we'll wrap this podcast up. I'm going to give you some really good ways to deal with shitty management and how to make people accountable. So let's talk about that in just a few minutes. In the meantime, listen to something heavy I came up with for you. Wasn't so bad, was it? All right, I'm back. I hope you enjoyed the music because I can not upload my own songs to iTunes until I jump on my desktop. So that's going to have to wait till next episode. Uh, sorry. <laughs> anyway, uh, I do have a cool tune that I'm going to use as my intro music that my producer and I uh, kind of put together in the studio several years back when I was recording with Seventh Cycle. Anyway... Um, you'll get to enjoy that later on. It's called Jason's Jam <laughs> because it was all me on guitar and my uh, and my producer uh, creating drum tracks 
on the computer. So it's pretty neat. It's just he and I. It's pretty interesting. Anyway, you'll get to hear that maybe next time. Hopefully. Keep your fingers crossed. So, um, I'm going to wrap this up. I know it's been a long podcast. Might have even been a little bit boring for you. If, if, if that's the case, I apologize. Um, but the whole point of this is to get you to understand what a poor, manage, uh, a poor management system looks like. And when you constantly have to reach out and ask for help and you don't get the help that you're looking for or the help that you get is not actually what you were expecting, um, there's probably a communication error so I would definitely invite you, if you're having a problem, to go to your manager and let them know what the problem is. Now, here's where most people fail, because you're going to be a pussy. You're going to go to your manager and be like, um, I need this, or I don't know how to do this, or whatever, right? And you're going to let them give you this one word or one sentence answer that's supposed to enlighten you and, and answer all your questions and make that... Uh, light bulb in your head just pop on all of a sudden, right? But that's not always the case. In fact, most of the time you get an answer that's somewhat satisfactory at the time, but maybe they just didn't elaborate on it enough, or maybe they elaborated too much and didn't really hone in on the actual point. And people make that mistake all the time. When you go to your manager and you tell them, uh, you tell your manager what kind of a problem that you're having or what you need in order to succeed, You have to be firm about it. And I'm not saying go in and act like an asshole. I'm saying you simply have to make sure that you get the answer that you need. If that means you have to ask the question a few different ways to make sure that you're getting clarification, then by all means, ask the question a hundred different ways if you have to. No matter what, you need that clarification. You have to have that in order to be able to continue to be successful at your job. You have to have certain things, and those certain things are going to have to come from your manager. So if you suck at your job right now, there's one of two reasons. Either A, you're just lazy. You're like the 85 90% of people that you work with, and you just don't put in the actual effort that's required to be successful. If, uh, the, if, if you're doing everything that you think you're supposed to do and you're still not successful and you're not sure why, that's when it's time to talk to your management team. And if your management team can't come up with an answer for you, then one of two things is going on. Either A, they don't like you enough to give you a real answer, or B, they don't know what your question actually is. They don't know where the problem truly resides. Or third, (laughs) there is another option, and that is that they just don't know. They don't know. They're simply speculating. They're guessing. um, They're, you know trying to tell you what the way that they would do it even though they weren't successful in your position so if you're having a problem with management go to management first go above management after that go to that guy's boss right if that's not working and you're not getting results it's time to think about how much you really like your job because again people don't leave good jobs they leave poor management so that's when you you definitely need to find out what you want out of your career. Um, If you're in a situation where you are in a position, a company where you intend to, from where you intend to retire from, right? If you're you're expecting this to be the last job you ever had, then you want to do everything that it takes to make yourself a valuable employee 
so for example, I use sales because I'm in sales. So if your if your idea of a successful career is selling a million dollars a year in products or services or whatever, then you have to figure out what it's going to take to get you to that number. How many leads? How many? You know, and it, and break it down daily. Make it ridiculous, right? So for example, if your goal is say thirty thousand dollars a month in sales, right? Well, let's say it's twenty. Because that'll make it easier. There's about 20 working days in every month, Monday through Friday, at least around 20. Could be 19, could be 22. There's around 20 working days in every month. So let's say that your goal is $20,000 in sales for the month. That's what it's going to take you to be successful and pay your bills, right? Then that means that you need to sell about $1,000 a day on average. Now, if it takes you 10 phone calls to make one sale of $100, then you're going to have to multiply that by 10, which means you're going to have to make 100 phone calls every day to get you to your $1,000 goal. Makes sense, right? But when you look at it from the entire month's perspective, you have to make 500 phone calls a week. You have to make 2,000 phone calls a month. Looks like a huge number. But if you just simply divide that out, into your daily activities, that's your power list. Today, I have to call 100 people. I have to dial 100 numbers, okay? And I might not get my 10 sales at $100 a piece, but I might get eight. I might get 14. But the point is that if you can break that down and work toward that goal every single day, you're going to have a much better chance of staying on track because... 100 phone calls seems a lot less than 2,000. So it doesn't seem like you're looking at Mount Everest from the bottom. Instead, you're looking at the first checkpoint on Mount Everest from the bottom. A lot shorter distance, right, than 29,000 feet. So break it down. Reduce to the ridiculous. And if you're not being successful, if you're not hitting those goals, but you think you're doing everything that you're supposed to do or can do, then you may need some coaching and you may need to ask your management team. And once again, if they can't provide you with what you need, now it's time to think about, is this where I want to retire from? Is this actually the job that I thought it was going to be? Is it going to do what I think it's going to do or I thought it was going to do to begin with? Because what happens is, during the interview process, you're made tons of promises. Numbers are fluctuated. I, are are exaggerated, if you will. When I came to Florida, they told me that the territory in which I'm working now brought in a revenue of over $70,000 the previous month. And that there was in the neighborhood of 200 inbound leads in that territory each month. Okay, I haven't seen 200 leads total, let alone 200 inbound leads. Alright, so they flat out lied. Or adjusted the numbers based on how much hype they wanted me to have in my attitude. Um, And that happens almost every single time. They oversell the position. And you buy it because you're assuming that they're just giving you the overall general view of what your day would look like and and what the average actually is, when in all, all reality, those averages are just off the top of the head half the time. Those averages don't mean shit. The things that they tell you in that interview, if they want you and they know that they want you, if you're applying for an entry-level position, they probably want you regardless of how good or shit you are 
they want you. So they're going to tell you whatever they think they, that you want to hear in order for you to say, yes, I'll take this job. And then it'll take you six months to a year to find out that what they said was going to happen isn't really what's going to happen. Another sign of poor management, poor leadership, when you are given a certain expectation of the job in the interview process and then you start and you realize that it's nothing like that. Now, you'll often hear other employees in your position that complain about their position. 80% of the time those people are whiny bitches and you need to not listen to them, right? The other 20% of the time there's a chance that those people know what's really going on and they're just trying to give you a heads up. They're probably on their way out the door like myself, right? So there's that possibility. But at the end of the day, if you're not being managed properly and you're not getting what you need from your management team, start looking somewhere else. But Jason, you always say never give up. Yes, I do say never give up. I didn't say never give up on a shitty management team. I didn't say never give up on something that's failing, okay? If you go and start your own business and you're doing a terrible job at it, you're losing money, you're not able to get the customers that you thought you were going to get, you're not being profitable, you're not expanding your business, everything's going wrong, then you're obviously doing something wrong and you need to stop doing that. If you don't know what that is, it's time to get out now while you have a chance. I'm not saying give up on, uh, on your hopes and dreams. No, no, no. Because I'm not giving up on my hopes and dreams. I'm giving up on the management team that is Terminex that is costing me time and money because they're not giving me the things that I need. That's not giving up on my career because my career is not Terminex anyway. Terminex, once again, is a way for me to get from the point I'm at now to the point where I want to be down the road a year or so, right? So never was this company supposed to be a place where I'm going to retire from to begin with. So I'm not giving up at all. I'm making adjustments. So what's the difference? What's the difference between giving up and making adjustments? The difference is that my goals are still the same. They just no longer involve Terminex because it's more of a hindrance toward my goal than it is a help. And what I need in my life now are things that are helpful in moving me towards my goals. And this company is not that. So that's the difference between giving up and adjusting your plan. Right now, I'm adjusting my plan because I still intend to have my own businesses up and running and no longer working for the man by this time next year. That's still the plan. That's not changed, and it's not going to change. I work toward that goal every single day. This podcast is one of those things that's helping me to work toward that goal. Shitty management, people. That's why people leave jobs. Because managers get into their position, they forget what it's like to be in your position, or they've never been in your position, so they don't even know what it's like to be in your position. And then they just assume 
whatever it is that they need to assume, and they do things in whatever way they feel needs uh, those things need to be done. And it ends up being a hindrance for you as opposed to a help. Your management team is there to help you to, to be successful, not to hinder you. So if they're hindering you, it's time to get a new gig. Bottom line, I'm not saying quit your job and then go find another one. I'm saying find another job. Fuck it, find another job while you're on the clock. I mean, is it ethical? No, <laughs> it's not. But is it ethical for the management team to leave someone stranded like this? That's also not ethical. So fuck them, right? Um, I use their car and, you know, their gas to drive around town all day. And I do the job that's asked of me to the best of my ability. And in the, the downtime, I use to create this podcast and to talk to you guys and to help help you to see that, look, you're not the only person out there who has to deal with a shitty boss. You're not the only person out there who has to deal with shitty management, you know? Other people have to deal with it, too. It's not just you. As a matter of fact, more often than not, that's the case. More often than not, people are dealing with shitty bosses, shitty management. So stop dealing with shitty management. Don't be afraid to quit your job and go work somewhere else. And don't be afraid to tell them that's what you're going to do. Because the reality of the situation is you have an obligation to the company to perform your job to the best of your ability. The management team has an obligation to you to provide you with the tools that you need to get that done. And if they're not doing that, that's on them. That's their fault. Shame on them. Don't be a pussy. And go, um, hey, Mr. Boss, um, I could really, oh, you don't have time right now? Okay, I'll come back later. No. Go in there. Be assertive. Be polite and respectful, but be assertive. Tell your manager what you need. What is the actual problem? And don't make up a bunch of excuses. Oh, my leads suck. I know. I've been saying it for two weeks. I know. Right? Oh, my leads suck. I need better leads. Because your manager is going to say, you know what the ha- you know what you do when there's no wind? You row. You got to make your own leads. So if you're not doing that, don't go to your manager and say, I need better leads. If you're not trying to generate leads on your own, if that's part of your job description, if there's something that you can do to help yourself to be more successful and you're not doing it, then shame on you. But if you simply don't have what you need, that's a management problem. So go to your manager and ask them. And don't be afraid to not leave the office until you have the answer that you need and you have clear, concise direction from that moment forward as to what you can do to better your situation. Once again, be polite, be respectful, talk to uh, your supervisor as if they are a human being just like you because at the end of the day, they have the same shit going on in their life that you do. Right? It might not be the exact same. They might, uh, you know, they might have problems with their kids or problems with their spouse or problems with uh, you know, other family members. They might have drug addiction going on or alcoholism or gambling. They might have all kinds of stuff that you don't know anything about and vice versa. You may have all kinds of things that they don't know anything about. It's okay, man. It's, it's life. That's what we're all here for, right? We're all dealing with stuff, all of us. So the last thing you want to do is have to deal with some more stuff when you go to work, right? So definitely talk to your manager first, talk to their boss if that's not going to work, and then 
after you've tried that resource, you've exhausted all the resources that you can when it comes to getting you the things that you need, if things aren't being done and you're dealing with poor management and you need to go get another job. There's a million of them out there. There's no reason that you can't find one that's going to give you the things that you need in life to succeed. So stop dealing with shitty management. We need to start telling these people that, you know, you guys have the wrong person in this position. This person does not care about the position, does not care about the team, does not care about the overall goal. This person is simply there to bark orders and that's it. Let them know. We all need to let them know. Because you know what? Maybe that guy above your, your supervisor, his supervisor or her supervisor, may not know how badly that manager sucks. And there may be a coaching moment there. And that may make things improve. I don't know. And sometimes it doesn't. (laughs) So you decide. You tell me. Matter of fact, I'd love to hear from you guys. I'm going to wrap this up. Um, Bottom line is people leave shitty management, not shitty jobs. So if you've got shitty management, think about what you're doing with your life and see if there's something else that you could do better. So... I'd love to talk to you guys. Uh, I'm going to start a new segment, um, and it's going to be called Hey Jay. So I'm actually going to um, check to see if the email is available. I'm going to make an email address specifically for this so you guys can utilize that. And, and what I want is for you to call in, email in, text in, uh, leave me a voicemail, a, a message on Anchor, um, you know, a direct message on any of my social media post on my wall, on Facebook, whatever, however you want to reach out to me, please do so. And when you reach out to me, I want to know, I want, I want to hear your questions. There's something that you're dealing with in your life that you could use maybe a little bit of advice on. And I, I might not be the best person to give the advice. And if that's the case, I'll tell you, man, I suck at this, right? Um, once I get three or four good questions in my email, um, I'll go ahead and start another segment, another episode of the podcast called Hey Jay, and and I just want you to email me, send me a message, hey Jay, I'm dealing with this, um, you know, my my wife and I aren't getting along very well right now, I, I love my wife, we want to stay together, uh, but we're having some problems, there might be a way that I can help you to identify what those problems are, and how to better that situation, um, you might be dealing with a shitty boss. And I can absolutely tell you how to handle that, how to talk to your boss without coming across as an asshole and just trying to get things done, being productive, you know. It's very, very important that you don't just go to your boss saying, hey, you suck and this is why, right? They're in that position for a reason. Let's give them a little bit of respect anyway, even if they haven't earned it yet, okay? Let's give them an opportunity to earn respect. I expect everyone that I meet to let me down at least once. It's not the letting me down that I worry about. It's how are they going to come back from letting me down. That's what's important. Hey, dude, I let you down on that, man. I dropped the ball. I didn't get you what you needed. But I'm going to get it to you now, and I'm going to make it up to you, and this is how I'm going to do it. That, that is a manager. That's a leader. That's somebody who says, look, I screwed this up, but I'm going to fix it. My bad. I'm taking ownership of it. I'm going to solve the problem. Sorry. Had to get a drink. So with that being said, send me some uh, send me an email. 
uh, call me at 614-641-0315. Again, that's 614-641-0315. That's my business line. Call there. Leave me a message. I may answer the phone. Ask me whatever you want. I'll be happy to, to share your question. I can leave you completely out of it. Just share the question in general if you want. Um, or I cannot share the question at all and just kind of give you some feedback. Uh, but what I'd like to do is answer your questions on a podcast, and we'll just call it Hey Jay. So uh, hopefully once a week or at least a couple times a month, I can, uh, I can put out this other episode, the Hey Jay episode, where you guys are going to ask me some questions, and I'll answer those questions to the best of my ability for you. Whatever you're dealing with, professional, personal, fitness goals, any of those things, you have questions, you want some ideas, um, you're coming up with a, a problem and you need a solution, hit me up, let me know. Let me see if I can help you out. And let's see if maybe your questions and your concerns and your issues might hit home with somebody else too. Somebody else out there may have the same or a similar problem going on and we might be able to help more than just you. We might be able to help a dozen people or so. So send me some questions and... Um, I will uh, put those together in a new episode, and we'll have a little bit of fun with it, hopefully. I hope to hear from all of you guys soon. I'm on Instagram at the official Jason Cremines, C-R-E-M-E-A-N-S. In case you're wondering, um, you can also email me, jasoncremines 79 at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Jason Cremines Rocks, Twitter, Cremines Jason, Instagram, or sorry, I just said Instagram is the, at the official Jason Cremines. And of course, uh, Periscope and Snapchat, I'm Jason Cremines on there as well. 614-641-0315. Email or, or text or call and leave a voicemail with your questions. Uh, and please do me a favor if you can and share the podcast. Please bring a friend. Let them know what's going on. Once again, uh, once again, quick shout-out to my friend Angie. Thank you for listening. I didn't even know you were one of the listeners. I really appreciate the support, and I hope that you're finding, uh, you're finding some use in this. This is somewhat useful for you. Um, I know I've got a couple friends that have given me some really positive feedback on it. So once again, thank all of you for listening. Thank all of you for sharing. Thank each of you for the reviews you've left for me so far. I do appreciate that. I need more. Um, and please, somebody rate me on Thumbtack. I'd really appreciate it. Until I see you guys next time, until I talk to you again, take care of yourselves and don't be a dick. This is The Daily Drives. I'm Jason Cremines. I'm out.